0: 4th Wheel Productions presents Pig Melon, an audio drama in five acts Based on the play Pig Melion by George Bernard Shaw Adapted by Tim McGrath Act 3 Professor Higgins' office at the University at 6pm
1: Not a word. I may as well be as dumb as you, Galatea, for all the acknowledgement that I get from him.
2: I won't be long, Peck. Mrs Pierce has been rearranging my statue cabinet. I want to see how she got on.
3: Well, Henry, you've well and truly won your bet. Eliza did the trick. Came through with flying colours, eh? Yes, excellent.
2: Much better, yes. This over there, and what? Hmm. Where's Galatea? Vic, can you, can you ask Mrs. Pierce where she put my Galatea?
3: Actually, it looks like she left for the day. Ah, okay.
2: Can you see if she's on Mrs. Pierce's
3: desk? Certainly, and I'll check to see if there's been any mail for us too. Here you are. Is that where you were hiding? He wasn't there, but there is a letter for you.
2: Wonderful. My bid at the auction was successful. It's a good thing I'm making more room in my display cabinet. Oh, my God, I'm exhausted. What a day. What an onerous afternoon that was.
3: Yes, it was eventful. The Melbourne Cup, the lunch, and then celebrations at the bar afterwards. I'm feeling pretty worn out too. Well, I'm just glad it's finally over. Hmm. Henry, were you at all nervous this afternoon? I know I was. But I thought Eliza didn't seem the least bit anxious when she was talking to the Commodore. Well, of course she wasn't. I've taught her well. Why wouldn't she be fine?
2: No, it's not that. It's the strain of training her all of these months that has got to me. I mean, the whole experiment was interesting enough when we started, while we were at the phonetic stage. After that, I got tired of it. If I hadn't forced myself to keep going, I'd have chucked the whole thing
3: in months ago. It was a ridiculous idea, really. Oh, come on, Henry. You have to admit, Eliza's performance was amazing. My heart was beating like anything.
2: Yes, perhaps for the first few minutes. But when I saw I was going to win hands down, I felt like a bystander hanging about doing nothing. And the lunch was awful, sitting there for hours with a load of well-heeled ladies who lunch yabbering on at me. I tell you, Pickering, I was bored out of my brain. I cannot stand these plastic society ladies. The whole afternoon was absolute hell.
3: Yes, I suspect you've never really been into the social scene. I rather enjoy dipping into it occasionally myself. It makes me feel young again. Anyhow, the whole thing was a great success, an outstanding success. I must admit, I was excited to see Eliza doing it so well. You see, many society people can't actually do it at all. They're such fools that they think style comes by nature to people in their position. And so they never learn. There's something admirable about seeing someone who learns the rules of the game and then plays it superlatively well.
2: Yes, that's what gets to me. All those
3: entitled
2: snobs who don't recognise their own ridiculous games. Thankfully, it's all over. Finally,
3: I can go home tonight without dreading tomorrow. Oh! think I'll be off too. Well, whatever you say, Henry... I think it's been a great day and an absolute triumph for you. Good night
2: we've oh. put uh, the uh, lights out Eliza. then you can tell Mrs. Pierce I'll have coffee when I get in tomorrow, not tea. Now, did I remember to put Galateo back in the cabinet?
1: Here's your damn doll. I'm glad you care
2: for her at least. What's the... Eliza, what is up with you? What's wrong?
1: Nothing's wrong with you. I've won your bet for you, haven't I? That's enough for you. I don't matter, do
2: I? You won my bet? You? presumptuous insect. I won it. So why did you throw Galatea at me?
1: Because I wanted to smash her. I wanted to hurt you, you selfish brute. Oh, why didn't you leave me where you found me, in the gutter? You're just glad it's over, aren't you? Now you can get
2: rid of me. Well, the creature is nervous after all. Ah! Enough! Ah, attack me, would you? claws in, you cat. How dare you be angry with me? Just sit down there and be quiet.
1: Oh, What's to become of me now? What's to become of me?
2: How the hell should I know what's to become of you? What does it matter anyway?
1: You don't care. I know you don't care. You wouldn't care if I was dead. I'm nothing to you. Less than them dumb statues.
2: Those dumb statues.
1: Those dumb statues. I didn't think it made any difference now anyway. Why are you
2: acting up like this? Has there ever been anything improper with your treatment here? No. Has anybody in my department behaved badly to you? Dr Pickering, Mrs Pierce, any of the staff? No. I presume you don't think that I have treated you badly? No. I'm glad to hear it. Perhaps you're just tired after the stress of today. Here, have a minty. No, thank you. I suspected this might have been coming for some time. I suppose it's only natural for you to have been anxious about today. But it's all over now. There's nothing more for you to worry about.
1: No. You mean there's nothing more for you to worry about. I wish I was dead! Why? In God's name, why?
2: Listen to me, Eliza. You're overreacting.
1: Of course I am. It's because I don't understand these things, do I? After all, I'm just a silly girl. I wouldn't say that.
2: I suspect it's just your hormones. All that adrenaline from this afternoon's performance is wearing off. Look at it like this. Nobody's going to hurt you and nothing is wrong. So I suggest you go home and sleep it off. Have a hot shower. That should help you relax.
1: I heard you earlier. I'm glad it's all over.
2: Well, aren't you glad it's all over? Now you're free to do whatever you like.
1: Whatever I like? What can I do? What have you made me into? What am I?
2: Oh, is that what's worrying you? Don't worry your pretty little head about that. I imagine you won't have much difficulty finding something. Though I hadn't quite realised that you were leaving the university. In any case, you could always get married. You see Eliza? Most men are not confirmed old bachelors like me in Pickering. Most are the marrying type, pity them. And you're not too bad looking. In fact, it's quite pleasant to look at you sometimes. Not now, of course, because you've been crying and look a bit of a mess. But when you smarten up and you behave yourself, you're what I'd call attractive. That is, to those in the marrying way, you understand? Now off you go, get a good night's rest. When you look at yourself in the mirror tomorrow morning, you'll feel alive again. Now I think of it, I suspect my mother would be able to find someone who you might be a suitable match for.
1: We were above that kind of thing in Balga.
2: What do you mean?
1: In Balga, I may have been stacking supermarket shelves, but at least I never stooped to selling myself. Now you've made me a lady, it appears I'm not fit to do anything else. It would have been better if you'd left me where you found me.
2: Damn it, Eliza! Don't you denigrate your future by dragging in all of this bullshit about selling yourself. You needn't marry anyone if you don't wish to.
1: But what else am I to do?
2: Oh, many things. You once spoke about becoming a nail technician. Pickering could set you up with your own salon. He's loaded, you know. You do know that he paid for all the clothes you've been wearing today. All those with the hire of the pearl necklace and the earrings would have made a big hole in a couple of grand. Why be so glum? Six months ago, you'd have been happy as Larry to have a salon of your own. Come on, you'll be all right. It will all turn out fine. Now, I really must go home. I am exhausted. Oh, by the way, I came back in here to check something. What was it? Your bloody statue. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, you threw it at me. Before you go, Professor Higgins.
1: Um, What is it now? Do my clothes belong to me or to Dr Pickering? What on earth would
2: Pickering do with them?
1: He might want them for the next girl you experiment on. Is that
2: the way you feel about
1: us? I don't want to discuss personal feelings anymore. All I want to know is whether anything belongs to me. As you may recall, my own clothes were burnt. Who cares who they belong to? Why does that matter? I want to know what I can take with me when I go. I wouldn't want to be accused of stealing.
2: Stealing? Oh, you shouldn't say things like that, Eliza. That implies a lack of trust.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm only a common bogan, and you're a university lecturer. In my position, I have to be careful. There can't be any trust between the likes of you and the likes of me. So just tell me what belongs to me and what doesn't.
2: You can take a bloody lot if you like, except the jewels, they're hard. Does that satisfy you?
1: Wait. Please take this necklace and the earrings with you and keep them safe. I don't want to run the risk of them going missing.
2: Oh, hand them over then. Mm, if these belonged to me instead of the jewel, I'd stuff them down your ungrateful throat. This
1: ring isn't the jeweller's. It's the one you bought for me that day in town. I don't want it now. Here, take it.
2: Why, you spiteful little bitch. Don't hit me! Hit you? How dare you accuse me of such a thing? It is you who have struck me. You have wounded me to the core.
1: Then I am glad I did it. It means I've got a little of my own back.
2: Oh, look, I'm sorry about that outburst. You caused me to lose my temper, a thing that hardly ever happens. I think we should say nothing more this evening. I'm going home.
1: Then I suggest you write a note for Mrs Pierce about the coffee, because I won't be here to tell her.
2: Oh, bugger Mrs Pierce and bugger the coffee and bugger you, Eliza Doolittle, and bugger my own pig-headedness for stuffing about, wasting my hard-earned skills and knowledge on a heartless no hope like you.
0: Doolittle, Bogan. Helen Peerless. Professor Henry Higgins, Sociology Professor. Stephen McVeigh. Dr. Pickering, Friend and Conscience of Higgins. Peter Hocking. Alfred Doolittle, Philosophical Father of Eliza. Ron Potiphar. Mrs. Pearce, Henry's Assistant at the University. Isabel McGrath, Mrs. Higgins, Mother of Henry. Fiona McVeigh. Mrs. Fortescue, snobby mother, Annie Taylor, Clara Fortescue, snooty daughter, Duncan McGrath, Nigel Fortescue, soppy romantic admirer of Eliza, Isabel McGrath, bystander, Fiona McVeigh, sarcastic bystander, Ron Potiphar.